It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, the midweek edition prior to the Zebra away match. My name's Alan Deegan, and on the line I've got William Davis. Evening, Alan. And William, you're at the press conference today where head coach Kieran Kane spoke about um, the disappointment of Cardiff and what's coming up with Zebra, and you also had Owen Griffin. Yeah, absolutely. It was a standard midweek press conference, a bit earlier today at 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, let's listen to what they had to say. And that was a, a close game on Friday night and probably some frustrations with the, the outcome. Um, yeah, yeah, look, we got, we got two points for our endeavours, so we didn't come away um, with nothing. So on reflection, once the emotion of everything had died down, it was better than nothing. So, well, you know... We just basically reviewed the situation as usual um, and we've got on with business. There's some things out of our control, to be fair, uh, in the game um, uh, from my perspective and I had a a sit-down with uh, a good chat, Greg Garner, from the referee's uh, perspective Um, and uh, we had a a really good, uh, informative chat about a few things. And does, and does that help that you can actually have a constructive conversation with the referee's chief, if you like, uh, rather than just having to keep it internal? You can actually get a get a conversation oh, going. Yeah, the, there's no point of inventing. Um, the chap was a young young referee. The, the trio that were operating. Um, were pretty inexperienced. Um, that was necessitated by the fact that a lot of international rugby was on, and and you know young men got to find their feet and do the best they can. So there's no grievances from from us, but um, from that perspective. But you know they on the day that does cause a bit of frustration. And looking at the actual uh, the game itself, to four tries, it was a sort of a very broken up game. There was Connacht had a good twenty minutes at the start, and then the two the beginnings of both halves were very much Connacht's part of the game. So, were you pleased that they actually kept going towards the end when it had seemed to have slipped away, and were still pushing for maybe winning the game right up until the end? Look, one thing, and I've been saying it religiously. There's a lot of ticker in the team. There's a lot of heart on this team, and they do play for each other. So, uh, you know that we're never going to be short on that. Um, some of our execution was letting us down, and that, and we paid a price for that because um, Cardiff were, you know, well, Cardiff and us are very e- evenly matched, and history says so as well. So. Um, there are small margins, and um, home advantage was a big advantage to them, uh, in my opinion, on the day. Um, because we were pretty good, and sometimes we were inaccurate, uh, and that hurt us, just little mistakes. And talking about, about small margins, it's, it's very competitive in that part of the conference. So is that why they're taking two points? They've got a point ahead, but they're still well within reach. Is, is it important just to keep 
everybody in that section, you have to hold on to what you can get. Well, it is now, as things have unfolded, obviously the, the, the table comes into play, doesn't it? So um, while earlier in the season it might have been a little bit um, of a just a side sideshow, uh, now the whips are starting to crack and we're starting to turn for the corner. Um, so, you know, everything's ramping up and... We need to gather points if we want to stay in the competition. So, yes, those those two points were massively important for us, and, and I think we deserved them too. To be honest, well, you know, we're unlucky. Um, but there was a turning point in the game, and it turned against us, and it wasn't our doing. So, you know, we'll take it on the chin. That's been pretty tactful about it, really. Um, looking at uh, Zebra now at the weekend, that's another team that are... They're playing a little bit better this season under Michael Bradley. They seem to have settled into more of a pattern. They'll be bringing back some internationals. So what are you, what are you expecting from them? Well, I, yeah, I, I concur with regards to the, um, the way they're playing. They, they certainly give the ball plenty of air. Um, and they've got some good players. Um, so I think we're pretty evenly matched. Um, it'll be a tussle from my perspective. Games over there have a tendency to get very broken up a bit, maybe like Cardiff again. They, they tend to become a bit frenetic. Um, so will that, is that something you're expecting, or are you hoping that you'll be able to impose Connacht's game plan on it? Uh, we've actually addressed exactly what you've talked about. Um, so... I think if we're a lot more disciplined in our approach um, uh, and we understand what our roles are um, and we execute really well, uh, that's been where we want to concentrate. Um, just don't want to get swept up in, the, in other things, peripheral things. And Owen, how are you... Finding things since you came back here, you're starting to play quite regularly. Are you enjoying it? Uh, yeah, I am. I always, uh, always enjoy playing rugby. So, um, yeah, obviously last year was a little bit frustrating from an injury point of view. I didn't really, um, I didn't really get going at all. Um, but this year, uh, touch wood, I've only missed. Uh, I think it's two games. Um, I got a knock in the Worcester game, so I missed the two games after that. But uh, no, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, obviously, back home, uh, Mam is delighted to have me back in Galway anyway, uh, to look after the dog and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, it's great. Enjoying it. And what are you expecting at the weekend from Zebra? Have you played there before? I've played there plenty of times, yeah. Uh, it's it's a difficult one um, because it's, it's, a, it's a long travel um, and you travel generally the day before. Uh, and then you've, you've obviously you come to game day and if you if your mindset's not right um, and you're not on the money with with the things that you practice during the week or maybe you can be at the start and then you start to to look for a, like we we've called them kind of miracle balls or something like that trying to score off first phase when it's not quite on and you throw something into touch or whatever it is that you you let Zebra back into the game and they they do very well when they have the momentum. They get Canna into the game, 
they get their back rowers into the game. Uh, their back three are actually very dangerous. Um, there's a lot of a lot of good players in their in their back line. A lot of good individuals that when they get going, they can cause a lot of damage. And if you give them the kind of oxygen that they they need, then they can they can do quite well. But it's it's just about us kind of sticking to what we said we'd do during the week and not going off off plan. Um, and I think we'll be okay. I think we'll um, it'll definitely be a, a tough game. It's always very physical over there. Breakdowns are um, a bit of a bit of a war in there. It's a bit of a battle. So um, no, I'd say hopefully we'll we'll go well. And is it? It's the second away game, and then you have another away game. Is that a particular challenge having three away games in a row? Um, uh, you don't really. I don't think we really think about it that much, to be honest. There's, there's obviously a little bit of travel and stuff, week on week on week. But, um, following that, you usually have a few home games in a row, so it's kind of it evens itself out. I mean, we had um, three away games earlier in the season, and we put in three good performances. I don't think we probably didn't get the results we wanted, you know, against kind of Scarlets and Ulster and, um, and then Oyanak. So. Uh, you know, it 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 depends. It's it's just kind of depends on the mindset of the, of the squad when they go over. Okay, um, some interesting stuff there from Kieran. <laughs> he seemed to. I I loved the bit where he talked about once everybody had calmed down and looked at the results. The fact that they got two points was um, very important. I thought that was a very uh, salient answer and. I think it shows the way they're starting to think a bit. You, you got to remember, after the Ulster match in Belfast a few weeks ago, uh, when it was put to him that Connacht could have got a bonus point by kicking a penalty, mm. and they went for the win. I think there's probably a settling down process has occurred now, and they realise it's about garnering as many points as you can out of every game. You want to win every game. You want to get a bonus point in every game. But if you can collect points, that's what this conference is all about. And it's about creating gaps with the teams around you. At the moment, Connacht are operating in the bottom of this conference. It's, you know, Munster and Glasgow are away at the top. The Cheetahs are kind of bubbling along there, winning all their home games. So I thought, basically, Cardiff were a point behind uh, Connacht, and now they're a point ahead of them. And... Um, that's all they got out of that game, and they have to move on very swiftly to Zebra. I think uh, it was pretty obvious, and I think he was very tactful about the the refereeing issues. The fact mm. that he's spoken to Greg Garner, the referee's uh, uh, manager, mm-hmm. and I think they have to just leave it there. I was at the game. Uh, I thought he had a poor game. I know everybody has to start somewhere. I'm not sure it's acceptable for a referee starting off to be refereeing in his home country. I think he should be refereeing away from that particular pressure. Um, maybe that's something they look at for the future. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, because this this Zebra game actually is is very important because there, you know, if you look at the table, um, when it comes to qualifying for Europe. We're we're in the playoff position right now, and Zebra are six points behind us. Um, so if we can if we can win this game away from home, 
um, you know, it, it almost guarantees that we're going to be in at least the playoff spot because the Ospreys have fallen off the, the side of the planet by the looks of things. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you can guarantee anything with Connacht or these teams. It's very, it's very strange. Conferences are starting to catch people out of it. But if you look at it this way, the top three go into the Pro 14 playoffs. And they should all automatically go into Europe. But because one of them in our conference is the South Africans, the fourth place, we've explained this before, but it's worth repeating, the fourth place team will take the place of the Cheetahs if the Cheetahs finish third. And the fifth place team will go into the playoffs. So there's a lot to play for here. And the really complicated one is the Ospreys, who have uh, who just haven't turned up this season. Um, got hammered at home by Glasgow and Steve Tandy the coach looked shell-shocked after it and came out with a line and said well we didn't see that one coming because we thought we'd been doing very well in training so you've got to feel that at some stage they're going to come back to life but maybe they won't sometimes teams just have a rancid season where it never happens for them Um, so Connacht are in a good, good place if they can beaver away at these points uh, but I think they have to win. I think they have to win on Saturday. I think it's that crucial. Uh, yeah, yeah, because like the Ospreys are away to to Munster, so you can't see them getting a result against Munster. And and the Welsh nope. the Welsh national team are still playing a game, so they're going to be missing players. Cardiff are away to Glasgow, who are unbeaten. So it's a chance for Connacht to actually you know get get a win against the reserves and separate team this year. But a chance to get a win away from home, even though it is a strange kickoff of one fifteen our time which I think is 2.15 their time. It's quite early in the day. But a win there, and it, it you know puts Connacht back in the driving seat. Oh, a- a- absolutely it does. Um, yeah, this this um, extra international for Wales started to cause a lot of problems. Jamie Roberts has been ordered back to Harlequins. Um, Toby Falato at Bath um, seems as if he's going to be playing for Wales, but they're, Bath are going to be fined by... Um, the Premiership for allowing him to play for Wales. There are there's three weekends in November for international rugby, uh, but Wales and on occasions England have played this extra game. Mm. Um, so it, it and and, and I see there's a possibility of Ireland doing it next year. They're talking about having a second game against New Zealand, so on a, which would obviously be the same weekend next year. You would you would think so, uh, but of course it's easier for Ireland to do that because um, we we have control of all our players, exactly. which is the big the big the big argument mm. about why they don't pick players playing outside the country. So, but it would change the dynamic uh, for teams playing in the Pro 14 um, next season who would be missing their international players for an extra week and then getting them straight back and going straight into Europe. But yeah. New Zealand. Playing Ireland twice, yeah, that's. I mean, that's cut to the chase on that. They're going to sell that game out. They're going to sell. They sell out both of those games, and it funds other rugby. So it's 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 a complex one, but um, it does mean the Ospreys are going to Munster and are probably going to get a clouting. Yeah, and and you, you know, with Glasgow having their players back, you know, and getting ready as you say for Europe the following week, you'd expect them to do a a job on Cardiff and. Um, Give give Connacht a really good chance to to get to get European rugby next season because that's that's one of, I assume one of the major aims is to get into the Champions Cup next year because 
you know, we know we have two games coming up in Europe, but they're not the most exciting and enticing games. Yeah, the ch- look, the Champions Cup is where it's at. Um, the Challenge Cup really, really struggles. Um, and I'm not sure they can fix that uh, because TV's not very interested in it. But I think it's an important tournament for Connacht this year. It's an opportunity. Those two games against Breed, which obviously we'll be discussing in great detail, they, they're they really important in Connacht's season because if you can park a, a, a home Challenge Cup quarter final at the end of March, beginning of April, if you can park that in mid-January, it's a really enticing target going forward uh, for the team and they can maybe do things in that. Yeah, yeah, and it's for the fans as well. Like having, you know, if they can get a home quarter final, having a, a game in April to look forward to, that will be a big game. Like a quarter final, the Challenge Cup at quarter final time gets a little bit more kudos, and at semi final time certainly gets a heck of a lot more kudos. Uh, it's a it's a tournament that really comes to life when it gets to the quarter final stage. Um, it's a bit of an argument at the moment. The Champions Cup has has similar problems that it's. It doesn't seem to have the reach um, that the Heineken Cup had, mm. for whatever for whatever reason. But definitely, Challenge Cup quarter final, it all starts to happen. Uh, it's later season rugby, and it concentrates concentrates teams' minds, and it gives them it gives them real targets. I think last season Connacht's season died effectively. Uh, the day they didn't get the bonus point in Toulouse in January. And mm-hmm. after that, it became quite a struggle. And I know it went on until the middle of May in that playoff against Northampton. But you felt that if, even an away quarter final in the Champions Cup, I think it would have been to Munster, yeah. would have still been a big game. And and that, that works for everybody. I think it works for the organisation and it works for the fans. Okay, um, now back to today and back to what happened today. We had um, the the latest injury list fired out, and at the end of it, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Jake Heenan. But um, if you want to go through the the list of injuries, it's um, it's looking a bit dodgy again, certainly in the back row. Yeah, I mean Dominic Robertson McCoy, we we know about and Andrew Brown. They're, they're sort of long term ones, although um, Dominic Robertson McCoy is probably coming back. Uh, at the end of uh, this year, but the the back row, uh, James Connolly's reintegrating into training, which is good. Owen McEwen injured his hamstring versus Cardiff. Um, of course, he didn't line out in the game, so I'm assuming that that happened in the warm up. Uh, Jared Butler is continuing his return to form and from knee surgery, or his return to play from knee surgery. He's come back to training early December for that. And Sean O'Brien, of course, out till early 2018. So it is getting a little thin there. Um, so yeah, just on that on McKeown one, he went off against the Chiefs just before half time with a hamstring injury, and it did seem strange that he came back so quick. And it's it's pretty unfortunate he's tweaked the same thing. You just wonder sometimes are they bringing him back a little bit quick this year? Well, I suppose they have to make a decision on 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 when they feel players are ready to go. Um, maybe he was always had a question mark on him, and they just wanted to see how 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 ready he was to go. But he was he was listed in the team. Uh, but Owen Masterson took his place on Friday night. Yeah, and we had that strange scenario having a, a, a bench of four backs and four forwards. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it, uh, it obviously stretched that capacity. It's not, it's not ideal, particularly when it happens, I suppose, in an away game when you've got a limited uh, number of players within your squad. Uh, Jake Heenan, who was announced last week, of course, is leaving us at the end of the season, uh, injured his shoulder versus Cardiff and is awaiting the results of a scan. That probably couldn't have come at a worse time for him. Um, we've heard um, through a number of sources that he's, he's heading to Bristol to link up with Pat Lamb um, but he's had a lot of injury issues and he's probably fed up having scans and fed up waiting on the result of them so we'll have to see how that all pans out for him um, I think he's only played three games this season yep. and um, you know we, we discussed previously he's had a lot of injuries it, mu- it must be very hard for a- players want to play that's what they want to do. That's what they train for. That's what they aim for. And injuries are part and parcel. But he's certainly suffered more, more than most. And uh, we'll be watching that that space with interest. We most certainly will. And just then in in the backs, you got um, a couple of guys in the backs now that are still struggling away. Like Peter Rob, we obviously know about. He's been out for a, a fair decent time. But Craig Robinson looks as though he's going to come back pretty soon. <coughs> Peter Robb's reintegrating to training this week, so that's good news for him. But he's obviously been out a very long time, mm. so it's going to take going to take him a while uh, to get back to match fitness. Craig Ronaldson again, someone who's had a lot of injuries over time. Uh, we're training in early December. It's not a it's not as bad as we've seen. Look, we've had injury lists that have run to two pages. Yes, it is a worry in the back row. The back row is a bit stretched. Mm. Um. There seems to be a lot of back row injuries around. I'm not sure why that is. I don't know whether it's because of the fact that they're playing, they, they take a lot of high-speed collisions or just the fact they're getting around the park. It's, it seems to be an area that's affecting a lot of sites. Mm-hmm. Um, although Munster seem to be have a problem in centre. It's, it's odd how teams just seem to have weak points. Um, in the Scarlets last week, had to get Mike Phillips to come out of retirement to play at scrum half for them in South Africa because they were down four scrum halves. Mm, mm, yeah, and, was... and you can't have endless amounts of players. Um, it was interesting today, uh, Kieran Kane was talking about the, uh, the fact that games in Italy, I, I made the point of games in Italy, often become very frantic, particularly against Ebre mm. and a bit disjointed mm. and he said yep they've, they're, they're aware of that but they want to impose their game plan and one way you impose your game plan, plan is by having specific roles for players so it's it's a difficult one when you're when you have injuries in a particular area because you've only got a limited number of players that you can pick and you have to be very careful so they'll be hoping that you know the likes of Jared Butler coming back and they'll be hoping that Jake Heenan maybe isn't as badly injured as, as, as it's, it's, it's suggested. James Connolly coming back. It's, it's, it's all part of the game. It's just part of the management of the team. It is. It is. And just to, find, just to finish off that, that injury list of back three, Stacey Ely is, is back on board, which is good to see after his shoulder injury. And Rory Scholes is hopefully going to be back pretty soon after his um, appendix, which I know can be very painful. Um, haven't had that happen to me a long time ago, but uh, I still remember it vividly. Um, and then finally Cormac Brennan who still has to make his, his debut he did make it onto the bench in a game against Ulster last season uh, but he's still recovering from a shoulder injury and um, hopefully we'll see the likes of him soon so this weekend 
the Zebra game we're not actually going to be there uh, covering it because it was just too difficult for us to get there but we will we will be covering it um, uh, for Galway Bay um, it is on telly but we will be doing our own specific coverage of it yeah we'll be at the sports ground uh, covering the women's match Connacht women against Munster women in the first round of the Interprovincial Championship so we'll be updating uh, listeners on that and also on the Connacht Zebra match or the Zebra Connacht match. It's worth noting, uh, Kieran Marmee and Alton Delan are available for Connacht this weekend. Uh, Bundyaki is having a bit of a rest. And I think he deserves uh, it. I think a lot of people were going on about how brilliantly um, the Munster Farrell played this weekend, but I think having someone like Bundyaki inside you gives you an awful lot of confidence. Um, knowing that he's never going to miss a tackle and knowing that he's going to make the ball available and, and make space for you because people are afraid of him. Uh, I, thought it was a, I thought it was an excellent display from Bundy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm delighted for him and I think everybody in Connacht is and I think, funnily enough, uh, there's not much chat now about the sort of nonsense we had to listen to beforehand. Um, irrespective of your opinion on the three-year residency rule, he played by the rules, he was selected, he's done his job, and I think he'll only get better. Uh, I'm sure he's champing at the bet, he'd probably love to play for Connacht this weekend, but I think they've decided that he's not playing, and uh, he can uh, chill out and be ready to probably go against Breeze. Uh Zebre will be the usual challenge. Um, I think they're going to pick a pretty strong team. They have very little to play for in Europe the following two weeks. So you would think that they're going to give it a real go on Saturday. Uh, Michael Bradley will want to prove a point against Connacht. He's got them playing a more structured game and a more organised game from what I've seen watching them. And it's always a challenging place to go. Games get disjointed, a bit chaotic at times over there in the past. And it's a sort of environment where you need really calm heads and... You need, you need to control the game. The last couple of times that Connacht have been there, they haven't been able to establish control of it, and it's cost them in the end. Um, and it's uh, you need to play the 80 minutes. And I think that's one thing Kieran Kane was impressed with against Cardiff, that they kind of kept playing right through. They didn't switch off. Hmm. They didn't let some of the situations on the pitch uh, get to the... They stuck at it for eighty minutes. They're expected to do that. That's what they're, you know, that's their job. That's what they're, that's that's their job. That's what they're paid to do. Yeah. But sometimes sides do get a bit, bit switched off when things go against them. Uh, it's someone that he doesn't tolerate. So I suspect they've been told that. But th- there was a feeling on on Friday night that Connacht played right through and kept going and going and going, and that's what they'll need to do on Saturday. Um, yeah, because if you look like uh, if you look at last season, like they they lost they lost the game last season back in back in April, but you know in, in the postponed game, the previous September they were losing that as well and looked like they were going to lose it. So Zebra will really have their tails up to you know expecting to win this game. Yeah, they will, and they'll be able to pick their Italian internationals. And as I say, if he wants to experiment, he's got two European games to experiment in because they. Um, yeah, they're bottom of pool three in the Challenge Cup. They've one point from two games, so um, they're going. They're going to have a right good go at this. And of course, they'll then they'll then have some derby games over Christmas against Treviso to play. So it's a big challenge for Connacht, and 
attitude will help a lot there. I think when you go there, you have to be really ready to go, and we'll see how it goes on Saturday. A win would be ideal. It would just keep the keep the momentum going forward and um, get ready for for the rest of the this nine. It's game two of this nine game run. Okay, yeah, so we're going to be at this the, the women's game on Saturday when they take on Munster in the sports ground at 2pm um, to, to cover a game. Like we, we were enthused by the quality of the rugby we saw in Tolan Park with the um, Munster against the Barbarians, so we're looking forward to a cracking match. Yeah, absolutely am. And I would urge people to come along 2 o'clock on Saturday. It's an ideal opportunity to stop your uh, Christmas shopping for a bit, <laughs> come up, support the Connacht women, uh, and then you can plenty of time to go back shopping afterwards. And uh, I'm, I, I think, I think it's um, it's great to see them playing on the sports ground. I hope it's a good game. We're gonna we're gonna feature it. We'll be talking to them afterwards, and uh, just just to get an idea of what's involved. It's a very short interprovincial season. They play three Saturdays in a row, mm. and then it's back basically to club and international rugby. So it's a it's a slightly. I think it's a slightly strange way of doing it, but. Well, it's, sure it's the amateur. It's the amateur way of doing it, wasn't this how the men used to do it a long time ago when they were they were amateurs? These these women are amateur players, so it's it's the amateur game, and they're they're you know representing Connacht and Munster to the best of their abilities as they're the best players in in their respective provinces. But it's it's done by amateur. I'm that's what I'm really looking forward to. You know, I love I love watching amateur rugby. Okay, and just before we 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 end, we have to um send our uh, congratulations to Joy Neville, who's been named the. World Referee of the Year. Brilliant achievement. Absolutely delighted. Uh, I'm going to have to track Joy Neville down for an interview for our podcast because I've I've lots of things I want to talk to her about. I think it's a great. It's it's it just shows what dedication and hard work. And I think it's great to see an ex player as well going into the refereeing ranks. Um, I think it's very important. Not every ex-player is going to want to become a referee, but I think the ones that do should be encouraged because they bring a certain difference, I think, maybe to their officiating. Um, but she's Joy Neville's gone from strength to strength, and um, great, just a, just a really good achievement and uh, fully deserved. It certainly is, and this, of course, just before you know, what in a couple of weeks' time, she referees her first. Um, in a um, European game, which he refs Bordeaux Begla playing against NSI, our old foes, in um, in the middle of December. So, best of luck to Joy. Hope she um, proves that she is worthy of the best referee in the world, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that one. Okay, William, that's great stuff. Thanks. We'll chat again at the weekend. Thanks, Alan. Good night.